Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 346, How to Put Good Money Decisions on Autopilot. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And so many of the things that are, quote unquote, busting your budget actually come down to the spending decisions you are making, whether that is the small day-to-day stuff or the big things that you've decided to spend money on, your housing, your transportation, even your food. And so we think one of the keys to saving money and spending better is putting good money, good spending decisions on autopilot or being efficient with how we make these spending decisions. And so that is what we are talking about in today's episode. It's another one with just your girl's thoughts, no articles, just what we got to say. Welcome. Using the brains. Welcome to another one. In our heads. <laughs> this is one where we're going to use our own brains. Welcome. <laughs> Not the brains of other people. <laughs> it's, it's what you're here for. We're five and a half years in and we're going to do what we want. It's all about efficiency, simplifying. If you've been listening to the show for a long time... You don't want us to use our own brains. You like it when we don't use our brains. But if you're new here, maybe you'll like this. We'll see. This episode is brought to you and us by pilots, autopilots, pilot episodes, pilot gas stations, helmsmen, plane pilots, the real leaders of important tasks. And speaking of leaders in their own spaces, shout out to Matt's Flights, who puts out a daily newsletter updating you on flight deals. Those are the kinds of daily updates I want, just personally. So if you want to be on a plane that's piloted by a real pilot for a reasonable amount of money, check out mattsflights.com. They did not pay us to say that. Um, Matt is just a really nice guy with a really great service that we wanted to tell you about. So mattsflights.com. Yeah. Pilot gas stations did pay us, though. Pilot gas stations are like, yeah, you do need to know about Matt's flights. Yeah, that's also false. I like to lie, but I won't lie when I'm (laughs) using my brain. Don't worry. When we get into the real episode, it'll be nothing but truth. Oh, wow. All right. Well, If you like these episodes where we are, we're talking about the things that we are going to be writing about in our upcoming book, I believe spring 2025. We'll see. (laughs) No, no, we won't see. It will be early 2025. It will contractually (laughs) obligated. TBD, but we are. Yeah. Yeah. I should not say that so nonchalantly. It is actually happening. But we've done a few other episodes like this where we are kind of not like not spitballing, but we wanted to actually have on record episodes where we are talking about the things that we're sharing in the book because we thought we probably owe that to the community. Uh, So episode 342, the importance of honoring your season. That was the last one we did. 
episode 337, How to Adopt a Frugal Mindset, and episode 330, What is the Radical Middle and How to Live It. Those are just, those are a few of the ones that we have done that we are just the two of us talking about what we have been sharing on other podcasts, on stages, in front of, you know, small groups of people at parties <laughs> uh, and talking about where there might be a stage, all yeah. of that, where there might be a stage. So, yeah, let's let's get into talking about this topic on efficiency. So, so far, in addition to those episodes, the the actual principles that we have covered on different episodes or what values based spending is, what the radical middle is, the importance of curiosity in finding your values and refining your spending, the importance of recognizing your season, and then how to prioritize values and financial goals when your income is limited. And efficiency is the next of those principles that help you live out and carry out this idea of values-based spending. Because while it can be great to talk about, and it's a great concept, where the rubber really meets the road is in how do we actually make decisions to spend money in alignment with our values. I think the important thing to highlight too about all these episodes that we've done that are a little bit more of our original thought as much as it can be considered original is that these principles we're highlighting that are integral and foundational to a frugal mindset just build upon one another. They're not necessarily steps or a linear pathway that you have to go in order, but they all do intertwine really beautifully. So this is when we're choosing to talk about it, but we can implement efficiency at any stage. We love talking about the heavy hitters when it comes to our finances. And so when we talk about efficiency, this particular topic, this particular principle, what we are recognizing is that the definition of efficiency is producing desired results without wasting materials, time, or energy. I love this definition. I mean, thank you, Miriam Webster. But I think that it's a helpful caveat to say that it's getting a desired result without wasting those items, but that doesn't mean that you're not utilizing those items. So getting a desired result with materials, time, and energy, but not the waste of them. And I think so often it does take refining for us to recognize what is the most efficient way of doing things. There can often be multiple pathways. One might not be better than another, but there could be a more efficient pathway, especially when it comes to the decisions we're making around our finances. And so the ways in which that this kind of connects to values-based spending is that we want to be able to conserve our mental resources so that we're not bogged down by decision fatigue day in, day out, moment to moment, when we could just be making one or two spending decisions quarterly that actually make a massive difference in our finances rather than the daily decision of smaller purchases. Those do matter, but when it comes to efficiency, we're going to talk about the heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. And you've heard us talk about it before, and you'll hear it again throughout this episode, that that sheer willpower, which is what we're usually told is supposed to keep us going, or external motivation that enhances our willpower, those are not enough. We need to focus on the actions that we can do, and that is what we think is most efficient. Efficiency is not productivity. Productivity is so hot right now, but productivity seeks to add more to pack in while efficiency seeks to complete tasks faster with more ease. And you can have both, but we talk about values and prioritization first, not independently or as a step, but first so that you are aware of those and you know you're not packing in what doesn't need to be there. And so again, we'll just reiterate what Jill said is that these different principles, they're not steps. They can work independently of each other, but having an understanding of all of them will help you do the others better. 
but we try to put them in an order to where you can best understand them by reading or listening to the prior principles. And that's a key reason why why prioritization comes before efficiency. Because I think I heard somebody once say that action is not the goal, like to take action to do the next right thing. Like that sounds great in theory, but you have to know if you're taking action in the right direction. That's the first thing is making sure that the direction is appropriate and then you can determine the action based on your season and focus on efforts that you can control to get there. To me, the goal of efficiency is less work, less time, energy exerted, maybe more time for relaxation, if we're going to be honest, or whatever you want to do with that oh, margin, yeah, whereas productivity is how can you get the most done so that you can do more? And I just, I like efficiency better for a lot of reasons. So amen. when it comes to our money, different ways of developing this efficiency mindset, leaning into this principle, we're going to want to look at automating first. Automating everything. I mean, why, why need to tether yourself to needing to remember certain due dates and deadlines and doing the the actual manual work. We can automate everything as often as you can. This can include saving, investing, your bills, even your variable bills when it comes to your electric or your water. Most companies have an opportunity for you to automate bill pay. It doesn't mean that you can't have your sights on it and know what it is that you're spending or have an alert when that bill gets higher than a certain amount and you're going to need to be needing to do some manual things if it is an unexpected higher cost, but you can still automate all of these things. And then it takes out some of that temptation that could be there to not save on any given month or for just forget investing, whether it's a simple mistake of forgetting or an intentional error in choosing not to because you just want to go to brunch every weekend. I don't know. Speaking for myself. <laughs> brunch is fun. But so we hear automation. We almost gloss over it because it's on every single list of what to do with your finances, right? And we're like, okay, yeah, automate it. I've heard it before. But in addition to automating what you already have automated, like maybe your car payment, your mortgage, your rent, what have you, look at ways to get creative, cultivating that mindset of of creativity again, ways to get creative in automation. So one, this isn't financial, but for me, I want to drink more water and I will not remember to drink more water. So I have alarms on my phone set to go off every three hours that remind me when I need to finish the water that's in my bottle. And that is true. That's not a lie. Yes. I also have an app that kind of nudges me to drink water every couple hours. And you can choose to ignore those nudges, but this is a creative way that I have automated. And it's, you know, yes, it's a little stretch of the word automate, but it is a reminder that I have automated for me to drink water to reach a goal that I want to reach. The goal is to drink more water, but it's an arbitrary goal. The actions are what I am looking at. So I'm going to drink water whenever the alarm goes off. That's real action. That's something I can can measure and really train myself to do. So we want to combine this, this habit, this mentality of creativity and think of, okay, what are ways that I can automate things that are outside of the box. And you will know what that looks like in your own life once you start to look at your recurring tasks, look at your your schedule and all this. And we'll talk more about schedules later, but in future episodes or chapters, depending on where you're at. So yeah, that's where we want to get this automation in. Yes, the tried and true, the stuff that can be automated easily. Yes. But also getting creative in things we can you didn't maybe think you could automate, but there are ways to do it. 
Yeah, that's where our routines and habits are going to come into place. The routine being a regularly established rhythm that you have a part of your daily, weekly, monthly, maybe even quarterly or annual rhythms. That would be what we're talking about when it comes to routine. And there's a lot of things that we can make almost on autopilot because we formed habits around our rhythms and they almost feel as though they're becoming a bit involuntary because we've so trained ourselves that this is how we respond to this requirement task thing that has to be done in a way that is going to be actually most beneficial to me. So those routines can create habits. Not every routine is going to become a habit, but like you're saying, Jen, we can be creative in what that looks like. So as a concept, whenever we can't just absolutely automate our savings, there are other ways when we can look at rhythms, routines, habits to create just a beautiful blend of we're not expending or wasting time, energy, attention on this. Yeah. So like the water is the routine or the habit and the alarm is the automation. And so for things you can't automate, then you have to have these cognizant routines that hopefully will turn into habits. But you can start those routines with something automated. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. All right. So how do we know which routines to adopt, especially for our finances? So in life, creating routines for anything that doesn't require critical thinking is a good rule of thumb. You can create, yeah, routines, keep your mind in autopilot, hopefully. There does take a little bit of cognizant effort. That's why it's not a habit. That's the difference. So, but you're not going to need to be fully mentally there to do it. So, yeah, I mean, like for a child, brushing your teeth is a routine. We have a bedtime routine. As an adult, brushing my teeth in the morning is very mindless. But the actual like morning routine I have is not mindless. I actually do like put thought into it, but that's me. My husband does not put any thought into his morning routine. He could, I think, sleep through it. And I think he actually does sleep through it. So what a routine and habit looks like is going to also be different for everyone. Uh, But when it comes to spending, 
We want to look at routines first before we think about habits. We want to create them for things that don't really require nuanced thinking, uh, but will require some forethought. So this could look like logging your transactions at the end of the day, budgeting or creating a spending plan at the end of every month. That's a routine. You're not going to just by habit make a budget. Meal planning and prepping. You're going to think about these things, but you can create routines around them. And really, you can use the rule of like the 80-20 rule. So it's also known as the Pareto Principle. It's a tool for prioritization, and it helps you identify the things that are going to be most beneficial. And I, don't, I think we talked about this in the prioritization episode, but essentially 80% of the output results from 20% of the input. And that's the Pareto principle. And so you're looking at routines that can give you, quote unquote, the biggest bang for the buck. I think that's the term. Scientifically speaking. Scientifically speaking. So so yeah, meal planning and prepping, I think, hands down, we can agree that that's one of those 20% routines that get you 80% results. Budgeting, again, yes, logging transactions. I would say... To customize it for you, I would say follow the big three rule. Uh, The big three in your spending are housing, transportation, and food. So when you are looking to create routines, focus on those first. Anything that can lower your housing costs, lower your transportation costs, or lower your food costs. Those are the biggest part of the budget for most people. And if you can just start with your routines around one, two, three of those, then you're going to be creating routines that lead to habits that will get you the biggest bang for the quote unquote theoretical buck. (laughs) And routines, you most likely already have some established rhythms and routines. I think with this first step that you're describing, Jen, it can include a refining of that what's working, what's not working in the midst of that routine. Figure out what's going to be the best course of action that is has gone through the prioritization filter as well as the efficiency filter, as well as the values-based filters. Put on all the filters. So many filters. Yes, we, we, we like it. Especially when they can be easily adopted and practiced. That's the thing, too. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be perfect at all of this, and you can decide what's the most important filter. But they all blend together well. So it's not like you've got eight sunglasses on to be able to see this thing clearly. It's the different questions you're going to be asking yourself. And then that's going to lead into greater refinement of habits that correlate to those rhythms and routines. And this is where creativity comes into play and even stacking. We can have multiple habits playing into any one routine that we have. So we want to have a good understanding of what those rhythms and routines are, then look at what habits can I be building around this that are going to help me. So you've given examples already, Jen, of teeth brushing and water drinking. I know you've talked on previous episodes too about how you will stack by brushing your teeth and tracking your expenses for the day. It's something easily that you could do on your phone and kind of baking it into what is already happening in my day. That's efficiency. Some might call it productivity, and maybe it's a little bit of both because you are getting a lot done. But at the end of the day, it's so that you do free up time, not just to do more, but to do less. And we love that. So you want to go back to some of those prioritization questions, apply it here. What habit can I create now that are going to make other things easier or unnecessary later? And it, of course, can be baked into all of the other examples you just gave of logging transactions, budgeting, meal planning, prepping. What habits can I put around my meal planning, shopping, prepping that's going to be a representation of 20% of my effort, but give me 80% of my output. Yeah. And yes, again, productivity and efficiency can be uh, intertwined, but they are not the same. And so we always want to make sure we're being efficient 
and not just productive for the sake of productivity, but something in like the stacking. So tracking your transactions while you're brushing your teeth, the actual start of that action can become a habit, even if the tracking of the transactions is still something you have to put like some mental thought into. It still has to be a routine. I I start with my credit card and then I start with my debit card and then I go to my spouse's, you know, so that's the routine of tracking the transaction. But the actual taking out the phone, sitting down at the computer, sitting down at the graph paper with the pencil, that can be habitualized. So I know sometimes we it's difficult to decipher the difference between the habit stacking and the routines and stuff. But but the actual practice of tracking a transaction or making a budget would be a routine. You know, for the spending plan, we start with what's our income. We go to our foundational expenses. We go to our financial goals. That's the routine. Sitting down to do the action, getting over that something at rest stays at rest, something in motion stays in motion, going from rest to motion, that's what we want to habitualize. So that's the goal is to create habits that put your spending decisions on autopilot. So how do we do this in the real world? What what should these habits look like in the real world with our spending? And so this could look like when you are about to make an impulse decision, you just stop for 30 seconds and you have an awkward pause, you know, before making putting something in your cart. Or anytime you put something in your cart, you ask a question and be like, what is this going to do for me? Or how is this going to grow me? Or, you know, something like that. We haven't come up with the questions yet. We're still workshopping them, but we'd love to hear your ideas, what questions you ask yourself. Maybe they'll make it into the book. So, but taking the pause, that is the habit. And hopefully the question is also the habit. Or having the habit of when you're online shopping, instead of instantly buying, putting something in the cart for 30 days uh, before buying it. That's a habit that you can build. When you're in the grocery store, we have the routine of making a grocery list and we can habitualize the action of starting it. And then when we're actually grocery shopping, it's not going to be a habit to stick to your grocery list. I'm sorry. But the way you grocery shop can become habit. We either avoid the aisles that we are most prone to impulse on, or we can make a habit of doing our shopping on an app so that we don't even enter a store to make impulse buys. So you've got to look at your life. Where am I prone to impulse spend? And this is where that 90-day transaction inventory can come in clutch. Where am I prone to impulse spending or spending outside of my values? And how can I break up that trigger, break up that cue so that I can create a routine that is better? Can I create a habit that grows me instead of mindless habits that just suck the money out of you and you don't even realize it's being drained. And you may have some habits that are great. They don't need to be shifted and others that do need to be shifted. But being mindful and aware of any habit that we want to break, we are going to need to replace it with something else aimed at the desired outcome that we want to see. And so I love what you're highlighting here, Jen, that it doesn't have to be everything all at once, but look at where are you experiencing the most hemorrhaging of finances or spending or decisions that you don't even remember making and somehow there's boxes showing up at your door. That's going to be a great place to tackle. That's another efficiency and prioritization topic because you don't want to start where maybe someone else is starting if you're fine in that area, if you're doing stellar at meal prepping and cooking, but it's not so great when you're scrolling shopping sites in the middle of the night, then that's where you want to begin. So figure out what it is going to be for you. Implement your own creativity with this principle of efficiency in mind, with this concept that just being busy is not an indicator that you are doing well with things. You don't even have to spend a lot of time on this. Just being smart, intentional, wise about the rhythms you're looking at, 
the habits you are breaking and forming or shifting and the impact that that's going to have on your finances in the short term and long term. Mm, Yes. So one last thing that I wanted to touch on is we always are making habits. You can choose to make intentional habits that lead you in a direction that you want to go, or you can live by habits that are made of circumstance or season uh, or energy level, and you can let those habits guide you to wherever they're going to take you. Either way, your brain is making habits. So we've talked a lot about making habits, but how do you break the habits that your mind has created? And I love to follow James Clear's Atomic Habits, his very easy four-step model for making and breaking. And so the best way to break a habit is to replace it with a good one. But you can get a little bit more granular on that. He's got four laws for behavior change, so for making a habit, and that's make it obvious make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying. But honestly, you could just like simplify that to make it obvious and attractive because the easy thing is going to be attractive and obvious and it's satisfying. Like if it's attractive, it's going to be satisfying. So just think about the first two. And so you can inverse those to break a habit. And so the first one is you want to hide it. So whereas if you wanted to build a new habit, you make it obvious. If you want to break a bad habit, you make the cue or trigger hidden. So if your habit is going through the drive-thru at Starbucks, then you find another route to wherever you're going so that you don't pass by it. If that's not a feasible option, then you take the Starbucks app off your phone. You make it very hidden, as hidden as you can. And then make it unattractive instead of attractive. So you can either, and this is where we toe a line of like, so for a Starbucks drink, you can maybe do research and how much sugar or, or calories are in your particular drink or how much money you're spending in a year. Some of that can be like shame-based unattractiveness. So I would kind of gear towards, I never like to gear towards like negative Though, like in everything, you do need to be aware of the negative and positive of your choices. But I don't like to focus on the negative. I like to focus on the positive. So something else that's attractive that is going to make this bad habit less attractive. So again, prioritizing. I love coffee, but if I'm getting takeout coffee every day, I'm not going to be able to save as much money for the all-inclusive resort I want to go to. So which one's more attractive? But the all-inclusive resort thing is a little far in the future. I might say I want to go to a nice restaurant this Saturday. I have it planned. I have it in the budget. But if I am buying all the Starbucks all week long and I'm spending my $25 there, then I can't get the appetizer that I want at the restaurant I'm going to on Saturday. You toe the line. You kind of have to, you can't think too far ahead. You kind of got to look at the near future on these ones. But yeah, breaking a habit, hide it and make it less attractive. And then take the opposite to build a habit. Make the cue obvious, i.e. automate the cue, and then make it attractive. So, And all of this is just an example. We would still encourage you to start with the big three, food, housing, transportation, the food that's most expensive, your particular spending decisions that are really causing some unnecessary strain on your finances. That's where you're going to want to be looking. Because again, that's the efficiency thing. Uh, If it is coffee, great. That's an example. But more often than not, it's probably going to be bigger decisions that you're making, whether they're regular or not so often. That's where we're going to want to give our first focus. And then we can get into some of these smaller line items. And that's efficiency. But I get that 
it can be easier to start with the smaller things because they're more obvious. And so if you are not, if you don't know all the ways to start in the big three, just like with anything, you want to start with things that are easy, but you don't want to stay there. So looking at your transaction history and you see a lot of coffee, start with that. That's going to be the lowest barrier to entry. But you can't stay focused on these $6 decisions. Once you've refined a few of them, then you have to jump to the big three. And coffee still is technically a food item. So it is still under food, but you want to jump to housing and transportation. But you definitely make food decisions more frequently than housing and transportation. But so be aware you can start with the food, but you want to make those money-saving housing and transportation decisions as quickly, as early as you can, as you feel comfortable. And you know what I'm always comfortable with? It's part of my big three, but it doesn't cost me very much at all. It is the big one, (laughs) if I'm going to be honest. It's the big one. The Bill of the Week! time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, Jill and Jen. My Bill of the Week is that my husband and I recently went to a gala event to support a local nonprofit organization that donates to schools. And during the live auction, there was a pro sports fan weekend getaway package that started at $2,300. And my husband, being the sports enthusiast that he is, thought it would be funny to throw his paddle up, not thinking he was going to win, but he accidentally did. So we now have an unexpected bill to go on this trip And I wanted to especially thank you for your Travel Hacks episode because I will be using as many as I can to reduce the cost of this weekend getaway. All right. Thanks for all you do. Have a good day. (laughs) Oh, this is the first time we've heard this one. Oh, girl. I I hope we're laughing with you. I do hope (laughs) that that's what's actually happening here. This is a wild one. But you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Here's here. We're going to look at the bright side with you. One, it sounds like you've been listening long enough and taking enough ownership of your finances that this isn't going to break you. Secondly, you can you can rest easy knowing that this is not just getting you a weekend away, but it is practicing generosity. That money is going to this nonprofit. So fantastic well done, but a sports getaway package. I'm probably going to need a follow-up and you can do that if you happen to meet anyone named Bill. I guarantee you, you will like 100% at a sports getaway. There's going to be- Oh yeah, you're for sure going to meet someone named Bill. A handful of Bills, but I'm going to need to know what this means. And yeah, feel free to tune into the travel hacks episode i am envisioning men in a spa in like jerseys and football helmets <laughs> like that is a sports getaway in my head they're they're at the spa with their helmets on they're at the spa yes or riding horseback with the jersey and the helmet and i don't know why the fans have the helmets it doesn't make sense i don't watch sports But hopefully the money you have bid is going to cover your travel expenses. I don't know. We need more. We need so much more information. So here's one extra hack. If you or your spouse has a business, pay for the donation from that business. And then now that is also a tax write-off. Or if you itemize your deductions, you can pay it personally. But that could lower your taxation saving you a little bit more but but yeah i'm going to need to know what a sport getaway is like cuz lord knows i will never be on one <laughs> i we will never, will never find there. myself on a sports getaway this reminds me of an episode of bluey that oh, i was watching wow. last night 
where the dad thinks it's funny to like he's acting like a claw machine for his kids to like get stuffed animals out of. And he puts a little block in there that says unlimited ice cream after dinner. And he's thinking he's going to just hold on to this one with his other hand and the kids won't be able to like get it because right, he's the claw. And his daughters pummel him like tickling and get the unlimited ice cream from him. And then he is thus forced to give his children unlimited ice cream after dinner because they hold the cube. And it says the holder of the cube gets unlimited ice cream with no caveats. And mom at the end is like, what did we learn from this experience? And I can see you in this gala saying, what did we learn from this experience? That was the exact where my mind went. And so I hope that you will that you will share a follow-up with us. I think this is probably the longest response we've ever given to a Bill of the Week. We're, we're so in. We're so invested. This is going to be like a podcast spinoff of what happens at sports <laughs> getaways that are the result of bidding at nonprofit gala fundraisers. This is just, it's so mm-hmm. wild. And we're so glad you called in because this is what reminds us that we have such good friends in this community and and please do call again. Yeah. If you all listening happen to find yourself at a sports getaway and you also can answer what happens there, or <laughs> you are a person named Bill, you know how this goes. Frugalfriendspodcast.com slash Bill. Leave us your bill. Clearly, this is what it's what we live for. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for the lightning round. You can catch the follow-up to that bill of the week on our sports podcast, (laughs) Helmet Honeys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't hate it. A long time to think of. I definitely don't hate it. We are and and the the cover art is us in helmets and jerseys uh, in a spa. That's it. That's the I, cover art. I think my head would the be spin-off. hot, but I would do it. I'd do it for the fans. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. For the lightning round, what's one habit you can't leave out of your daily routine no matter what? 
I will go first because I actually tried to leave this habit out of my daily routine and found that I could not because of the place that I am at in my life, the season that I am honoring. Mm, mm, mm. And it is coffee. I tried to take it completely out. That's not happening. I uh, haven't slept a full night in over six months. Probably longer because our four-year-old also wakes up every night. He just doesn't require me to get up with him. So that's it. I have never been a person who needed coffee. I always just enjoyed it. Like I could, you know, do a 30-day coffee fast, no problem. And I can't right now. Maybe that will change when the house isn't always reeling from being sick. The The cold lasts three days and the fallout of the cold lasts three weeks for all the family to get through it. And that's what we've been just going through for the past several months. So that's real. So you'll drink coffee now as an actual energy boost, like to wake you up, not just for the fun of it. Correct. Yes. As soon as I drop off Atlas at daycare, I'll either go to the gym, come home, shower, make a cup of coffee or come home and make a cup of coffee. Like I before I start doing work that requires cognitive function. I need it. I thought it was just a habit and I thought I could just, you know, try without it. And I quickly learned that it is now a habit I can't leave out of my daily routine. Yeah, for now. So for now, for now. I get it. Maybe it'll I get it. Yeah. No matter what. Maybe it'll go back. Jill. Yep. Y'all can guess that if you've been listening for a while. Chewing gum, drinking water, wiping my counters. I do those things daily. Oh, I didn't know the counter thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm realizing it about myself. I probably wipe my counters in my kitchen approximately five to eight times a day. It's a lot. Are you sure that's not like a it's like a coping mechanism? I, however you want to define it, it's, a, <laughs> it's something that happens daily that I don't think you could get me to leave out, no matter what. The thing is, is ugh, I mean, bugs anywhere are a possibility, but especially in Florida, you just can't. There's We got sugar ants mm-hmm. right now, and it's not because they're finding anything, because Lord knows there's nothing to be found here in this very sterile environment. So there's there's partially that reason, like I don't want there to be any degree of food for animals to think, oh, there's something, we found it. Come on, guys, let's invade. Right now, I think we just have stragglers because they found themselves here and they're like, I don't know why I'm here. I'm wandering in the desert. There's no food. <laughs> yeah, report back. Report back. <laughs> wow. But yeah, every after like I prep any food, I wipe the counters and sometimes during food prep. Your counters are stark white. Like there's no graining. There's no marbling. There's no breakup. Like your counters are just white. Yeah, which I wanted. I didn't want a countertop that was going to hide the dirt because I don't like that. I want to be able to see it. But there is the consequence to being able to see it. Then you are forced to doing something about it. And hey, that's I guess that's that's forcing myself like what? cue can I implement where there is no other option? And my cue is I see the dirt. I didn't hide it. So yes, good. Well, thank you for listening. We hope that you've learned something about habits, routines, efficiency, and that you are inspired to first subscribe to the podcast. Second, Sign up for the friend letter at frugalfriendspodcast.com and you will be notified when we start uh, pre-sales for our book, which will happen sometime in 2024. Date TBD. And third, is that third or fourth? Whatever step you're on. We love reading your kind reviews on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, we especially loved this one from Etav91 titled Windfall Throwback. 
They say, hi, Jen and Jill. Before I get into my mini experience with a windfall, I want to start by sharing how incredibly important what you ladies are doing is for your ever-growing community. I love listening to both of your soothing voices, but I also love the wonderful advice you give in a variety of ways. You speak to me in a way that makes me feel like I'm the third friend you're talking to. So thank you for your vulnerability, your honest suggestions, and kindness. My windfall, when I was eight years old, my very frugal mom was seriously saving to take me on a dance trip to Europe. We did fundraising. I saved my allowance. Family members chipped in. And one afternoon, my grandmother and I were walking downtown, and I found a wad, yes, way more than two crumpled up fives, Uh, and not a cell phone to be found. It was a tough year for my family with the loss of my grandfather, and that money allowed for some extra fun when we landed. Anyway, thanks for everything you do. Can't wait to tune in to more episodes. Yes. So next step, leave a lovely review like a Tab 91 did, and we will read it on the show and say, thank you. I loved that story. If you leave a story in your review. Thanks for that kind review. Yes. Yeah. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. We are getting to a place where I think there's going to be a lot of episodes coming out where people hear Jen's alarm and you're going to know that the exact time we're recording every day. It's the reminder to go pick up our son. <laughs> and I if think it's in there, then the you know we're recording at 2.20. I know, but if they're not, you know, they probably are cut out, but... That's the only alarm I have noise on. I don't even have a ringer. My phone is always on silent. My alarms are always vibrate, but that is the one alarm because wow. I need other people to know that something has happened, happened. And, and it's not yeah a that's shift true. has happened that's more important and, than your reminder to drink water yeah <laughs> it is it is actually because i will get in trouble i can be I dehydrated and still pick him up right i don't know how i'm gonna get in trouble but they have drilled it into me that i will be punished if i don't pick up my child on time wow. and and i will deserve it you know aren't you a little curious to find out nope not me what happens <laughs> not me. I love breaking rules, but I'm not about to break this one. I respect that. So it's because I love them and I want them to love me. Oh, good point. That's important. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go get your son. All right. Bye. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.